So one of the online voiceover casting sites that we highly recommend is Voice123. The quantity and the quality of auditions are some of the best. And not only is the quantity and quality good, but your Voice123 dashboard can give you such great insight that's helpful for your career. Yeah, you can actually see when clients favorite you, like your audition, and even your booking ratio, which really helps you understand your sweet spot even better and how you can best serve your clients. Voice123 is offering a 15% discount for a new yearly membership, beginning with a $395 tier. And I made my membership amount back with one booked job. And I actually just signed up. If you're interested, see the link in the show notes or description. To get 15% off your new Voice123 membership. You're listening to the Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com podcast. Hey, I'm Mike Stout. And I'm Heidi Rue. We're both full-time voice talent and owners of Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com. AVS is a recording and training studio in Atlanta with virtual options available to join. And ProVoiceOverTraining.com offers on-demand video resources to better your voiceover career. Our purpose in creating both of these is to give you the resources you need to create the career you want. And that's exactly why this podcast exists as well. Each month, we bring on an expert to share their industry knowledge, insight, and helpful tips. Visit AtlantaVoiceOverStudio.com and ProVoiceOverTraining.com for more great resources. Well, today we are talking to the casting director for Atlanta's own Lantern Audio Production Studios, which really does a lot of audiobooks, as well as other things, too. Chloe Kiefer is here with us today, and she has cast hundreds of projects working with major publishers, ad agencies, directors, voiceover talents, talent agencies, and authors. But not only is she a casting director, but Chloe's actually an actress herself. And which uh, that is exactly why I wanted her to come on the podcast, because when you're able to get on the other side of that and see from the casting lens and you've already come from the acting lens, you're really able to learn a lot. And I think that that's helped her as an actress. And so I wanted to find out from her what she's learned along the way. So we're going to hear from her in just a second. But I also want to let you know that uh, Kurt Bonham is going to have his next audiobook class, and it starts in the beginning of August. The link is in the show notes. So if you are interested in being an audiobook narrator, you've got to take his class. It's very comprehensive, and I think you're going to love it a lot. And it's virtual. So wherever you're at, you can join. Okay, let's get started. Chloe, I am so happy to have you on the podcast. We just had you as an industry pro. So now we get to dive a little deeper, um, which I'm so excited about. Now, you began, and you are still are, as an actress yourself. Now you're also a casting director. So tell us how you ended up in casting. So how I ended up in casting, I was actually in a class in Florida, in Tampa, Florida. And our teacher was also a pretty well-known casting director. And I started assisting her um, on a lot of just commercial casting, background, stuff like that. So I was able to cast a few projects myself. And I really liked being on the other side of the camera um, because I learned a lot as well as an actor. And it helped me just release a lot of nerves, you know, anxiety that I felt before walking in the room. And 
I, um, I ended up moving to Atlanta and I met with Lantern Audio, went through several interviews and then it all just kind of fell into place and I became their casting director. Wow. That's so awesome. So you just mentioned that you learned so much from the other end that really helps you as an actor. What have you learned that you've been able to put in practice as a talent that's really helped you? Yeah. So um, what I've learned is just not to take rejection so personally. It's never about you. And, you know, as actors, I think there's just a lot of, um, you know, a lot of just like pent up frustrations because you're putting yourself out there a lot. And if you're not getting the roles, but it's important that, you know, you learn, okay, well, they're calling me back and I'm obviously doing something right. And as long as you put in the work and, you know, the time, you're going to get noticed. And eventually someone's going to be like, okay, their voice is perfect for this. Or, you know, they, they're like a perfect match for this character. What, what has been something that you felt like you kind of nitpicked at as an actor, or like really hyper-focused on that you realized, oh, that's, I don't even need to pay that much attention to, you know? Yeah, I would say that probably one of the things that I focused on a lot as an actor was um, like follow-ups. Like after, you know, after you, after you meet with a casting director, after attending a workshop, you email them and then they don't necessarily email you back. And you're like, oh my gosh, did I, did I do a terrible job at the workshop? I thought they liked me, but honestly, it's like, as a casting director now, I see like, we get these emails and we definitely make notes and we're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to find something for them. It might not be, you know, it could be three months down the line. There's talent that I'll contact four months later and I'll be like, great, I have this opportunity for you. Can you submit? So I think that's something um, that it's just like their opinion of you, like don't be concerned about what their opinion is because at the end of the day, it's like you gave them your best and you gave them your best performance. You put in the work and you just leave it at that and move on. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. and even you mentioned the timing of like, oh, you may think, about that person, you know, months and months down the road. And as talent, you're like, nothing's happening. Oh, another week went by, another week went by. And you're like, ah, you know, should I just give up? Does that mean that I just need to give up? I'm not, I don't have a career in this. I think it's so helpful to see from the other side that it's like those months, that's really just a drop in the bucket. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean that you should give up this career at all. It's just sometimes things take time. And if you're, if you're in class, I mean, I can't stress enough how important class is. It's like in audiobooks, voiceover, in TV and film, like be in a class because it's just like, it's your, it's your craft and it's something that you want to, you want to be a professional. So if you want to be a professional, like you've got to keep going and keep working at it. Yeah. And, and it's a great place to network too. And that's what I, that's what I always find. Um, And you never know when like, the right casting director is going to see you or the right opportunity is going to come or a referral. Like Heidi, you refer a lot of talent to me and they've all been brilliant. So it's very important to be in a class. And um, I promise you, I did not tell her to say this, but we do have a class coming up led by Kurt Bottom, all about audiobooks, and it starts in August. Just an FYI, there's a link in the show notes. Um, <laughs> back to some of the really helpful tips. Um, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen that talent make with audiobook auditions in particular? Failing to understand the material and 
connect with what they're auditioning for. Rushing through an audition because you think, okay, well, I'm just, you know, a lot of newer narrators um, or even narrators that have been doing it for a while, they just rush. They're like, okay, I've got this. I don't really have time to prepare, but I'm just going to send in something. But if you don't understand what the author is trying to say and get the author's message through and their characters, and it's it's going to result in a very disconnected or misaligned performance. Yeah. I, I mean, I made that mistake my first audiobook is I even asked the engineer, this was at Lantern. And mm-hmm. I said, what, what's one of the tips that you would give me? Like, even after the first day, I was like, what, what did you hear that I can do better, improve or whatever? He was like, well, the biggest thing probably would just be slow it down just a little bit. And it was like, oh, duh, of course. Like, even when I, because I listen to audiobooks all the time and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Because if somebody else is listening to you, I, I wouldn't read at the same pace that I would read out loud to myself. Like, it's just it's different. They've got to be able to understand what you're saying. And um, right. Yeah. And they can always speed it up too. If they exactly. want to So yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You're allowed to take your time. It's like nobody, nobody's rushing you through it. And like you said, they can, if, if it's too slow, then they can just speed it up. But yeah, I mean, obviously we don't want you to like say a sentence and then pause for 10 seconds. <laughs> right. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And everybody, it is so hard because it's not like you can tell people, okay, this is a standard pace. Right. Because it really depends too on like how each narrator normally reads. Because there are some people that will get up to the microphone and naturally they end up slowing way down. Mm-hmm. So they may need to pick up the pace just a little bit. But that's why it's so helpful to have, you know, resources like Lantern Audio and like Chloe said, classes, because then that way you can kind of figure out, okay, do I need to slow it down a little bit? Do I need to speed it up? Or, you know, where's that happy spot for me? Yeah, it's an art form. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like a lot of people are like, I have so many just people that come up to me and they're like, that I, you know, meet in passing. And they're like, oh, well, I've been told I'm a really great reader and I want to get into audiobooks. I'm like, well, that's great. <laughs> but it's <laughs> yeah. well, after. <laughs> and what would you say? To that t- that person is saying like, okay, if you want to, if you think you can be a great audiobook narrator, here's what it takes to be a great audiobook narrator. Like, what what are some of those things that you would tell them? You've got to have the, I mean, you've got to have the equipment too, because it's like a lot of things are happening with home studios, and I mean, it's like we're our studios are fifty fifty where we record. You know, if you're if you've got a great clear voice, like that's wonderful, but it's like. Have you had the acting training? Have you had, you know, worked on your dialects? Do you know, do you understand character development? Do you know how to make choices? Like all these things that actors make. I mean, it's the best um, audiobook narrators are often, you know, Emmy Award winning actors. (laughs) And there's a reason. So like we've had... We've had quite a few celebrities come into our studios, like A-list film actors recording audiobooks. And I just, I think it's amazing. Yeah. I love that they're spending their time to do this and that they're this passionate about this as well. Mm-hmm. So, because it's a beautiful art form. And yeah. It really is. It really it is. is. Um, yeah. And you mentioned dialects. So how do you prefer talent to handle like tons of different characters in book, whether that's through the audition or when they actually book it. Like, um, I guess I mean more of like, does it need to be a stark difference between the characters? Does it just need to be slight? Like, 
everybody kind of, I've heard different things. So I would love to hear your take on that. Well, publishers now, some publishing houses are becoming more specific. Like they will have character breakdowns and they will list like, okay, this is, you know, these are the 10 characters and here's their breakdown. So, I mean, that's brilliant because then that gives you, you know, you're like, okay, great. You know, work on these, on these dialects. But when you're given nothing but example, um, someone who's reserved, shy, and might work hard. It's like, okay, um, how, how do I want that to sound? And it's like, and then, and then they'll give you like who her boyfriend is. But I would say, um, I would say have a voice bank. And I mean, I, I do it sometimes. It's like, I have my voice memo in my phone and I'll hear something and I'll be like, oh, you know, that, that could actually be kind of an interesting character. Like I, I like that. Like maybe this person speaks a little bit slower or, you know, you change your, you change your, um, your tone just a little bit, just a subtle change. And it's like, especially with females, males are, you know, males can be really, really difficult because obviously, um, it's like you have to lower your register a lot and keep that consistent, but continuity is key. So if you're going to like, you're going to have five different characters, you just have to remember who they are. And that's why I would say to like create some kind of memo with all five characters, and then you can go back to that um, and study that. Yeah. 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 I don't know if this is, um, this is the right way to do it, but I, for me, um, it helps me to get in there, like my body. So like I, the character, I like kind of make my body a certain way for this particular character, you know, maybe what the way they stand, you know, um, and that helps me to like, to remind me of the type of voice that I'm going for, if that makes any yeah, sense. No, that does. I've done that before too. It's like, you'll change your, you'll change your, like if, if they're very like prim and proper, cause I've done, um, uh, quite a few British titles and it's like, you'll, it's true. You'll, you'll change your body and then you'll lift your, you'll raise your chin maybe, yeah. or, you know, and, and that, that totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah that really helps me. Um, so we have done a podcast on it. We've done a webinar. Okay. I mean, this is a topic that we're talking about AI uh, mm-hmm. and voiceover. And how has that impacted the audiobook industry? AI to actually get a voice to bring that like real human connection. I don't see how that's going to happen. Yeah, AI has not lived <laughs> the human experience. so. And how are you going to connect with some something that just like isn't isn't real in that way? But yeah, it's like humans add a unique quality that like AI just cannot. It's like no matter what they do, you're not going to bring the human experience that way. Which sounds like it's just even more important for audiobook narrators to be good actors and to be able to bring those characters to life in an authentic and believable way. So someone books their first audio book through Chloe, through Lantern, and um, they're going into their first, you know, session, whether it's at home or at Lantern. What advice would you give to them going into that? So I would say (laughs) recording your first audio book to just be prepared. It's, um, Make sure that you've uh, researched, you understand the pronunciation, you're consistent. If there is a character's name, 
it has to be pronounced properly. And if you don't know, make sure you reach out to us and we get in touch with the publishers and ask them, um, take what you did in your audition and just bring it. I mean, you've, you've made your choices, but come with more choices and, um, you know, watch your, watch your breathing, know what you're recording. Um, I think, slow down because I think that's everyone's issue. Like you said, Heidi, the very first time in the booth, you rush because, you know, nerves, excited, whatever. And I just think slow down. Um, if you have the opportunity to come in and record your first one, that's great. I mean, if you're recording your first one at home, it's a whole different ballgame. It's like, you have to have the technical proficiency. You have to, um, there's like no one helping you and assisting you. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Another thing that you mentioned that I loved, like you mentioned it in the industry pro workout that we did was um, a great recommendation to try if y- your first book to only try and record maybe two and a half hours or so a day at the beginning, yes. just to build up that stamina, because it does take a good amount of stamina to, to mm-hmm. record audiobooks. I thought that was such a great tip. Yeah. Um, and it was even something that we suggested to a client because we had a, a new audiobook client that called in and um, to record at Atlanta voiceover studio. It was a book that they wrote. So they had never recorded an audiobook before. And um, so we had suggested, you know, we actually even suggested just two hours to begin with for them. Um, but man, after that first day, they were like, this oh. is a lot harder than <laughs> it would be. Thanks. Because you start seeing things too sometimes. Like you're 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 literally like you'll you'll see like duplicate words and for a while and you're like, where did that come from? That is clearly not there. I know that's not there, but I just said it. And I think it's like it's a it's a brain balance. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's tough. It's so true because most of the time when we read ourselves, we're reading it silently in our head. Yeah. So we're not paying attention to the mistakes that we, you know, there's not the whole like getting from the brain out the mouth um, that it takes. And so um, I I would think that you would also recommend just reading out loud. Like that's a great practice and paying attention to like, do you stumble over a word? If you stumble over a word, you're going to have to pick back to the beginning of the sentence. Um, So that may be a good, you know, practice before you get into audiobooks as well. Yeah. And also sometimes it's like you're reading a sentence and that's another thing too. If you don't read the full book and you're looking at sentences, like you you don't know where the sentence ends because you haven't read it through, you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, wait, then you're putting a weird pause there and because you don't understand, you haven't like read the whole story. So that's another thing too, that I find that people just put like random breaks. Yeah. 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 Okay, one more question. And I know I I think we mentioned this at the industry pro, but I just want for everybody that's listening to, what are some of the um well, uh, this actually is a twofold, but what are some of the um genres of audiobooks that are very like in demand right now? And then um well, then I'll ask this, the second part after that. <laughs> Not for you to have to keep two <laughs> questions in your mind. Yeah, I mean, we get we get a lot of a uh, lot of romance titles. We get um, just a whole manner of fiction and nonfiction. I mean, everything's been a lot of um, just I, I'd say t- 
technical how-tos. We get um, self, self-help titles, um, biographies. Everything's been like kind of full spectrum right now. I would say that there's not like a specific, of course, like our certain publishers have like genres that they lean mostly towards, but I've also seen a lot of psychological thrillers. I don't know if that's just like, was that, was that something that was big when you were recording psychological thrillers? Cause they are so big now. No, I mean, I still, you know, rom- romance was the biggest. Okay. That, um, yeah. But yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you see audio, the audiobook industry? I mean, it's just really continued to grow. Do you see that growth continuing or do you feel like we've kind of hit a plateau and it'll just kind of keep staying steady? Oh, I think, I think it's going to, I mean, every person I talk to listens to audiobooks. Yeah. So like, I, I don't, I don't see the, I don't see it going anywhere. I mean, you've got a long drive, you put on an audiobook, you know, you've got flight. Like it's, it's always, I was sitting next to someone on a plane, actually two people, and they were both listening to audiobooks. So it's like, okay, it's a, it's a booming industry. And I don't really, I don't know what could come that could take its place. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mike Stout, um, that is considered reading the book. Uh, Lisa, no. Right. Zoe, <laughs> would you back me up on that? Yes. Yes. I got an audiobook casting director to back me up on that. It is reading the book. So like I just finished this great, I just finished reading this great book. He's like, oh, were you reading it or were you listening? <laughs> yes. Same thing. I know. I I often will watch shows at night and I always have the subtitles on because I like to hear I like to hear what they do with it. I'm like, oh yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, Chloe, thank you so much for spending more time with us. You're so generous and we just appreciate you. We appreciate what you do for Atlanta and beyond too. Um and um yeah, thank you so much just for um helping impart your wisdom and insight to us. You are so welcome.